Church Downtown is a community of people striving to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that you're inspired by the following message to know the love of Jesus more deeply and to follow him more passionately. For more information about our church, this message, or about being a Christ follower, please visit us at churchdowntown.org. We're doing some stretching this morning. Man, we've been in this series. I'm Pastor Rob, by the way. Thank you for being here at Church United. We are glad that you're with us. I've, I, I kind of started every week and, and will for the next couple months here with a, with a disclaimer. Um, we, are, we are not actually up and running yet. Um, this, is, this is what we look like not running. Um, and uh, no, I'm just a little bit of a joke there, but we're still in, uh, in, in progress, in motion, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of those things this morning that you can, um, you can be uh, partnering with us on as we kind of get off the ground. We're hoping that in April um, that we have our grand launch, so we want some other things to be together. I got some praises this week. We got two doors in the children's ministry put in, which is just amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Um, you don't, you just don't realize how much of a blessing a door is when there's 40 kids in this room and 30 in this one and they're yelling over top of each other. A door is a wonderful thing. Um, and, and now all of our teachers have pushed all the kids in one room and they shut the door and they're all on the other side. Um, so no, it's, uh, it's exciting. We're glad that that's there. We're seeing some progress. I've got some updates to give you and I'll share it here a little bit more toward the end, but we're, uh, we're, uh, a work in, in progress here. Um, and God's not finished with us yet. Um, we are, we're just getting off the ground and getting started. Some cool things this morning that we haven't been able to do for a long time that we, we just want to stop and celebrate some moments. Um, one of the things is we had our first Firm Foundations growth uh, or uh, discipleship class this morning that met right over there in that classroom. Isn't that pretty cool? A first discipleship class in our own space as a church building. That's, that's what we're here for is to connect with people. We love this space. So we're excited about that. If you, just so you know, um, if you haven't signed up, it's not too late. You can, don't think Firm Foundation started this week and I missed the first week. Now I can't ever start. No, you can jump in at any point in time and uh, sign up to be a part of that. And if you're like, I don't know how to sign up or where, just show up. 845 in that classroom and, and we'll get you moving. But uh, Brother Clint, swing your hand up over there. He is. Thank you, brother, for your uh, dedication to teaching that class. And if you have any questions about it or how you can get plugged in or whatever, talk to Clint. He'll be glad to point you in the right direction. The other thing we got started this morning was um, starting point. Um, you'll see if you're kind of new to the church or this is your first Sunday here, one of the things that, that, that we're kicking back off again is um, starting point. So the first Sunday of every month at 845 right now, if the time changes, we'll try to advertise that. First Sunday of every month, we're, we're right now meeting in this room over here, um, uh, which is on this side, uh, or, or currently is now transferred formed also into our youth room, so that's pretty cool. Our middle schools are in that room right now meeting, um, so if you hear some crazy laughter or something happening, um, that's, that's what's going on in there, but uh, we're excited. This stuff is getting off the ground and getting moving, and God's doing great things, so we appreciate you being a part of it and, and joining in with us. So, We've been in this stretch mark series, and it's been amazing for me personally. And I've heard several of you make comments like, "Man, this is we've we've I've needed this. I've needed this connection." And I agree with you. I've been studying for the past. Um 
several months, the book of uh, 1 Kings, these chapters specifically about the life of Elijah. And it's amazing when you go back in and you pick back up and say, okay, I've read this before, but God kind of brings out new things, new, new direction, new vision, according to what you're walking through in life. So I hope God's doing that for you right now. But we're calling this series Stretch Marks, and the whole idea here is that uh, sometimes we get our minds fixated on the fact that we want to get to a destination. So if you're in a hard season of life and something's going on for you and you're like, man, I just can't wait to get through this season and get over here. And we, we, we have our minds and our hearts and everything else fixated. God, get me there. Because we magically think, which we should know better by now, most of us are old enough to know better, it doesn't work this way, that when we get there, it doesn't stay perfect for long. You don't stay on the mountaintop for long. God has different journeys for us, different paths to take us on, and we have to change our mindset and stop thinking about getting to the destination. Rather, it's about the journey with God. It's about the stretching. The stretching is the goal. So if we can set our minds on the fact that, okay, God wants to stretch us, I've got to figure out and I've got to uh, lean into how to find joy in the stretch. Joy in the stretch. That's not easy. And that's the challenge. I don't like stretching. But you can find joy in that because you know the benefit it reaps when you do it. So we are doing this by looking at the life of Elijah. And we've seen the last couple of weeks as we studied Elijah, Elijah has a lot of different marks in his journey that God is stretching him. But not only is God stretching Elijah, God is stretching the people that Elijah comes into contact with. So everyone he gets in, into motion with or he, he interacts with, God is using Elijah to bring stretching into their lives as well. So what we saw the first week is, is we saw Elijah. My, my dad was here with us. And, and, and we talked a, bit, a little bit about Elisha the first week. And then we said, okay, if Elisha was so impacted by Elijah, what was it about Elijah that impacted Elisha and made Elisha want to look like Elijah and follow after him? So we, we dove right into that. And, and, and Dad came in the second week and he talked to us about the life of Elijah and how God supplied for him. So I, I want to pick up this week, and we talked about God supplying for Elijah through the, the, the ravens, the birds of the air, dropping food for him and all this kind of stuff. And then we talked about how God provided for Elijah in the midst of this drought through a widow and how God provided for that widow and her family. And we talked last week um, specifically just looking and saying, okay, what is God doing what is God doing in your heart? What is God doing in your life that can kind of pair, compare to this widow? She was running out. She was running on empty. And how did she find her fulfillment? What did she step into? So we, we, we walk through all kinds of different things with that. So we're, but we're continuing this story. I just wanted to catch up to speed, and I'll do the same thing, because I'm going to read one verse here, and, and then this will get us on the right track. Verse eight, or chapter 18, verse 1. Okay, you ready? If you have your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. And we're going to dive into this story. And if you don't have your Bible, the verses are on the screen. It says, Later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab and tell him that I will soon send rain. So, quick update. If this is your first week and you're not sure what's going on and you're like, what's he talking about? So King Ahab, wicked, wicked king. 
he is over God's people, the king of Israel. So you would hope that God's king for his nation would be a just and right and king that follows God, but he's not. He's King Ahab, and King Ahab was not a Christ follower. He was, or at that time, they didn't know who Jesus was, but he wasn't a God follower. And, and he didn't uh, serve the, the, the God, the one true God. And, and, and he was, not only was he not, he was like one of the most wicked kings, despicable kings. And, and it went even a little bit further because not only was he a bad guy, but he married a bad girl. Um, okay, so just Jezebel, if you've ever heard the name Jezebel, that doesn't really typically bring up thoughts of virtuous, righteous woman. Okay, Jezebel is not what people name their kids. There's a reason. She was pretty rough. Okay, so if, if you're thinking, Jezebel, that has a ring to it. Not a good ring. Okay, negative ring. Bad ring to Jezebel. So, so this is, this is the, the, the gal, a worshiper of Baal. She hated God. She wasn't into the God of the, the Hebrews, the, the, the God of Israel. So Ahab marries this wicked woman. They're getting rid of all the prophets, getting rid of anything to do with God. They hate God. They want to worship Baal. They're turning the whole nation. All this is going on. God sends Elijah, his prophet, in to talk to Ahab and say to Ahab, hey, you're messing up. You're not following. You're not doing the right things. There are consequences to sin, consequences to getting off track. God's going to bring a drought. So Elijah delivered that news to Ahab. Ahab's pretty ticked. So is Jezebel. And we find out as we read on how mad they actually are. But now the drought's been taking place and God says to Elijah, go back to Ahab. Just as you told him there's going to be a drought. That was several years ago. The drought's been in place. It's been in effect. It's, it, it, lots of people are dying. A lot of uh, impoverished uh, area now. Everything's going downhill. But go back and present. So good news, rain's coming. Bad news, Elijah has to be the one to go back and stand in front of Ahab again as a prophet of God. And that has to be a stretching moment. Here he goes. He's right off. He's going to jump right in there and go back. And, and, and he's been being provided for by God. Once again, God speaks a word and says, Okay, move from the town of Zarephath, from the, all the comforts of being, with, uh, being taken care of and being fed. And now go. Leave that place. Go somewhere else. So, that's where we're at. Verse 2. So, Elijah went to appear before Ahab. And then it says, Meanwhile, the famine had become severe in Samaria. I like the word meanwhile. I grew up watching the Dukes of Hazard. Um, and if you ever watch the Dukes of Hazzard, there's several storylines going on at once. And typically, they'd be like boss hogs. You know, they're down in the boar's nest and boss hogs cooking up some scheme. And then they say, Meanwhile, back at the farm, those old Duke boys are up to no good. Um, you know, it's, it's something like that. And this is what we see here. Meanwhile, the famine had become real severe in Samaria. Let's see what old King Ahab's up to. Um, so, verse 3. My mind is warped. Uh, so Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Now, parentheses, Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once Jezebel, the, the wicked, wicked queen of the east or west or whatever she is, she had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, and Obadiah had hidden a hundred of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Now, I'm, I'm going to pause just for a second because I want to make a note here. Obadiah is a new character kind of in the story now. And Obadiah is connected to Ahab because Obadiah is serving, he runs, he manages this king's palace. 
This is pretty interesting because King Ahab, obviously not devoted follower of God, does not care about God, does not want to connect with God. He's actually out trying to destroy anything that God would be about. And all of a sudden, now you have this picture of Obadiah working for this wicked, wicked king, and he is a devoted follower of God. And, and, and here's the side note, and it has nothing to do necessarily with the message or where I want us to go today, but I think it might be for someone in here today. I think we get frustrated sometimes in the work world. We get excited, we come in the church, and, and, and here's church, and we're, we're moving, everything's going, it's all good, you know. I just wish I could stay in this moment, but I've got to go back to my job where my boss doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've got to be in a work environment where people don't love the Lord, and it's a hard thing, and, and, and I, I don't even know how to serve, and maybe I need to get out of that job, maybe I need to get myself around some people. Just I always need to be surrounded by Christians, I always need to be this. I just want you to know... If you thought your work environment was bad, I don't think your boss is gathering Christians in the break room and lopping their head off, okay? So just when you think, I can't take it another day, I don't know why I'm here, I don't know what's going on, I can't serve in this environment anymore, think of poor Obadiah and the situation that he's in that the boss's wife gathers up all the prophets that she can find so that she can kill them. So I want you just to think about this this morning, that God has you, and it is possible, no matter what your circumstance is, no matter where you are at in your work environment, that God has you exactly where he needs you to be, to be an influence and to be a light to the people around you. Because if you remove yourself from that environment, there may not be any more light there. And Obadiah was a light for God in the midst of a very, very, very hard, tough, volatile environment. That's a side note. That's free. Now, where are we at? Verse 5. So, Ahab says to Obadiah, Okay, Obadiah, here's the plan. All these people are dying. Everything's going on around us. All these people, but... But I've got animals to feed. Uh, so let's not worry about the people. He's not looking for food. This kind of just proves how wicked the guy is. Let's not worry about food for the people. We've got to go find some other food. We've got to check every spring and every valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. Whew. That guy's a mule himself. Uh, verse 6. So they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. So, Obadiah is walking along, and he suddenly sees Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him and said, Is it really you, my lord, Elijah? And he asked, and Elijah said, Yes, it is. So, Obadiah knows who Elijah is. Pretty much everyone knows who Elijah is. They know that the king has been working and searching diligently to find Elijah because Elijah has, has uh, really ticked them off. He's delivering a message from the Lord, and I would imagine some of the reason why even Jezebel was trying to round up all those prophets to kill them is she was hoping that 
Elijah would be among the crowd. So she's searching diligently. So when Obadiah sees Elijah, here's Elijah coming. And he knows that they haven't found Elijah yet. So he's like, ah, is it really you? Man of God, servant of God, is this really you? And Elijah says, yes. Now, go tell your master, Elijah is here. Okay. Dilemma. Stretch marks. He's been given a new mission. Elijah was given a mission to change what he was doing and go tell, go present himself to the king. Now God has used Elijah to give Obadiah a new mission to go back to the king and tell him that Elijah is here. And I think, that doesn't sound so bad. That doesn't sound like that hard of a mission. But Obadiah has some problems with this. Verse 9. Oh, sir. Obadiah protested, what harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death in the hands of Ahab? For I swear the Lord your, to the Lord your God or by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and every kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told Elijah isn't here, King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear by that truth of his claim. And now you say, eh, go tell your master Elijah's here. But as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord was going to carry you away to who knows where. Because we know that's how it's working. I was going to say, have you ever met anyone like this? I would be surprised if you did. But Elijah's life at this time was one that God just kind of picked him up and swept him time to time where he wanted him to go. We'll read in a, in, in a couple weeks this story about how, and, and I love this, and it, it's like here are these chariots getting ready to take off, and Elijah, says, tucks his cloak in his robe and runs ahead of the horses. Like this guy's no joke. He really has the power of God. He's supernatural ability. And God picks him up. And, and even in this verse, when it, a little earlier it says in verse 7, Obadiah's walking along, suddenly Elijah's coming toward him. I think that suddenly was like, boop. Hey, here's this guy, and he's coming, and, 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 and it really is here, and he knows. He knows, Elijah, you're going to tell me to do this, and I've seen what's happened to the other people. When they tell the king, oh, I think I saw Elijah, and, and, they, and, then they, they don't, and you're not there, they lost their heads. This guy's after you, and you're putting me in harm's way. You want me to go and do this. Huh? No, 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 no. You don't realize what you're asking. And he says, now, verse 11, now you tell me, go tell your master Elijah is here. But as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you away. Then Ahab comes, cannot find you. He's going to kill me. Yet I have been a true servant of the Lord all my life. He said, why would you do this to me? I'm on your team. I'm on your side. Verse 13, has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets. I hid from them a hundred and two caves, supplied them with food and water, and now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. I want to bring some clarity to what we're looking at. This is an incredible story. But if you just read it at face value, it's almost like this little section right here is a transition to the next cool story. But I don't want you to miss what's happening in this story because it's a moment of stretching of faith for Obadiah. Essentially what Obadiah is challenged with is a new mission for God. 
Like, I want you to go do this. And this is a big deal. You can see how Obadiah is kind of balking at it. Like, I could be killed for taking on this mission. And we might not understand it's a big deal, but Obadiah knew it was a big deal and this was a big mission. But here's the reason that I want you to understand behind what's happening here. Obadiah is defending himself to not carry on this mission. But he's doing so on the basis of his past faithfulness and obedience to serving God. So Elijah says, Obadiah, I want you to go and tell the king that I'm here. And Obadiah says, I I, I can't, but I don't want you to think poorly of me because I'm not going to do that. It's dangerous. I want you to know I am on your team. Don't you remember the story or have you not heard of the fact that I'm with you? There were a hundred prophets and they were trying to be killed and I stepped up. I stepped in a way. My moment of faithfulness, my grand moment, I stepped up and I was obedient to God and I did what God called me to do. I stepped into the middle of this thing and I hid those prophets. I put them in a cave. I fed them. I supplied for them. I've done my part of this, Elijah. I've taken my, 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 my hits. I've taken my chances for God. I stepped out in faith. And I've, I got stuck on this because I saw this thing mentioned two times in here. Like at the beginning, it's like, hey, you need to know this about Obadiah. He's the guy that hid the people in the, in the cave, in the prophets, and did that for God. Then it comes up again, and Obadiah's like, hey, just so you know, I'm the guy earlier in the chapter. That's me. I'm the guy that hid the prophets in the cave. And you probably need to know that just so you know, like, oh, I'll find someone else. I sometimes think that we do this in God's calling us to new directions and to to take new steps of faith. That we get to a place in our relationship with God where we feel like we've taken enough hard knocks in our Christian life that now we should be able to just ride it all out. And if someone asks you to say, hey, you need to step up. Here's a new direction. And you feel prompted by God. Our response to God is, God, don't you remember I'm the guy that faithfully served in the nursery for like five years. Every Sunday it felt like I was in that place. And I got thrown up on. I changed dirty diapers. And I had to do this thing, God. And I, that was me. I'm on, I'm on break. And, and I'm really willing to serve you. I've already proven that. So I'm kind of here. God, I'm the one that taught Sunday school. I was in that Sunday school class for years. I was in Awana game time at a church, and we had to play games with the kids all the time. God, I went on a mission trip six years ago, and it changed my life. And I did great things for you. God, I gave a huge chunk of money. Do you remember when I did that? And all of a sudden, what happens is, if we're not careful... You miss today's blessing because you're trying to live on yesterday's faith. And God wants to do something new in you. God wants to do something new through you. God wants to bless you in incredible and mighty ways, but you miss today's blessing because you're trying to live on yesterday's faith. And you said, because I did that then, I'm okay for now, and I can kind of step back and it'll be all right. 
And we have these past times of ministry and achievement. And, and, and in a way, we hang these achievement awards on our wall as a shrine to be worshipped. Look what I did in that church. Look how I led in that ministry. I helped get a church plant off the ground. I helped get a ministry off the ground. I helped get that children's program up. I gave money to that building thing. I put in doors. I installed lights. I cleaned the floor. I put up a drywall. I sanded the drywall. I hate sanding drywall. But God, I did it for you. I feel like I've paid my due. And we hang up an achievement, a little plaque on the wall, and it becomes a shrine that we end up worshiping. But I think rather than hanging our plaques of achievement up on the wall for our faithfulness to God, we should be throwing them on the floor and stepping on them to use them as a stepping stone to reach to greater levels of faith that God has for us. And God's brought you through something in the past, and it may have been years and years of faithful service, but he didn't do it in order for you to have a badge of honor and sit back and watch the church and say, I've paid my dues. It's one of the most wonderful things about planning a church and one of the most frustrating things about existing traditional church models that never change is I've been in those models of church, and you have these seasoned people that feel like they started the church and they were part of it from the beginning, and now they've stepped into retirement. They've paid their dues, and all the new people can do the work. I'll tell you, that's not how this church will operate. We will change, and we will change, and we will change, and we will challenge, and we will get you to step up. As long as God calls us to do new things, we want to join God in the work that he's doing. We never want to sit back, because I don't want to miss today's blessing, because I'm living on yesterday's faith. And we could say, look what God did. Man, we planted a little church, church downtown. That was great. Man, that was great. Look at what, yippee. If I could click my heels, I'd do it right now. We're like, look out, whoa, look at what we did. And we could look at national statistics and averages and we could say, you know, the average church in America is in decline. We had this slow growth and the average church is only about 75 people. And, and man, we had a double and sometimes triple that amount of people and God was doing this and that. And we could have said, hey, we, we've, we've really statistically, we've arrived and we're there. And now we can just sit back and we can say, I think we've got a budget we can handle. We can pay the pastor all right. And we can pay a couple staff to help them out and watch those people work. And we can sit back and just whew, look at what we've done. But it sickens me to think that I wouldn't continue to listen to the voice of God and say, God, what do you have for us that's next? How can we evaluate what we've done in the past and how we can change those things and how we can step up, how we can bring more faith to the table to do the next thing that you've called us to do? And that's why we're sitting in here today because it wasn't just me. It was a group of people that said, I want to see God do something new. I want to see God work in new ways. And God do new things. And we're, we're not going to miss a blessing of God today because we're living on our faith from yesterday. We are going to take those moments of faithful service to God and we're going to lay them down as a sacrifice at his feet and use them as a stepping stone to say, God, that was great, but it was only great for you to get me up and step a little higher and reach a little further, connect with more people, win more people to Jesus, tell more people about the love of God and to reach this community with the light of Christ. And I love... 
I love Elijah's response to Obadiah. So verse 15, he says, But Elijah, I swear by the Lord your God, in whose presence I stand, that if I present myself to King Ahab, this very... Sorry, I, I went too far. Verse 14, tell, go tell your master Elijah is here. And he said, sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. And Elijah said, I swear by the Lord my God, in whose presence I stand, that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. Say, oh, well, what's important about that? What Elijah is saying is, Obadiah, God wants to use you. And I don't know why, because God could have made me immediately appear in front of King Ahab. And I could have just been standing in front of King Ahab. God could have put me right there, swept me right into his presence as he has done many other times in my life. But God chose me to connect with you first because God wants you to be a part of this story. And God's giving you a choice right now to say, here's what's in front of you. Here's the opportunity I'm presenting you. And you can choose to say, God, I'm going to be used by you today. I'm going to allow you to bless me in new ways. I'm going to allow you to stretch my faith in new ways. I'm going to allow you to use me to be part of your story, God. I'm going to be blessed today. Or Obadiah could have said, no, I don't want to be. You know, I'm done. I'm going to live it. You remember that story? Remember when I, my time's over. And Elijah gave him a response, and I believe that that's what God's calling us to right now, this very moment, today. Some of you have been sitting in here for years and years at church downtown, and you haven't got involved outside of just showing up on Sunday morning. Maybe you give a little here or there. Maybe you give regularly. I don't know. I don't look at who tithes and who gives. But what I want you to understand is it's not just about doing what makes you comfortable. It's about taking a big step of faith, even if you don't know what's below. And some of you have just been in here a couple weeks, and you're trying to determine, where does God have me? Where does God want me? And you won't hear this at very many churches, but I will tell you flat out, if you feel like God wants you at another church and serving in another ministry, then go to the other ministry, get plugged in, and serve in the other ministry, because I don't want you here if God doesn't want you here. There are a lot of other good churches. There are a lot of other places that you can serve. And maybe your giftedness fits really well in another ministry. We're all about sending people here. And I want the kingdom of God to grow, not the kingdom of Church United. I'm not looking at taking over Belk. Just, this was enough work, all right? But we have a desire to reach the kingdom of God. And we believe God's calling us to do that through building a growing, healthy body that's full of love right here. And if we got to start a second service, we'll start a second service. But it's not so we can go bigger in here. It's so that we can get enough people here to gather a group and send them out to plant more churches in the valley. To reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of you are in here this morning, and I want to tell you, you are in on the ground floor right now of a new thing that God is doing. And you have an opportunity, as Obadiah did. God brought Obadiah into this story so that Obadiah could respond and say, yes, I want to be a part of this. And Elijah said to him, it doesn't matter what you do. This very day, whether you're in or whether you're out, I'm going to be in front of the king. You choose now whether or not you want to be a part of this story. 
You choose now whether or not you want God to use you in a mighty way as part of his story to advance his kingdom and reach more people with the love of Jesus Christ. You choose right now. And Obadiah says, okay. And it's nothing dramatic. Obadiah didn't fall down on his knees. He didn't roll around on the floor and froth at the mouth. He, there was nothing crazy. He didn't run circles, didn't bark like a dog. None of those things. What did he do? He went. All right. I want to be a part. I'll see you later. And it may be as simple as that. Because obedience speaks volumes over experience. You can experience, I didn't have that feeling of the Holy Spirit just swelling up in me. I didn't get the tingle down my spine. I was waiting for the tingle. The tingle never came. I can still stand. Uh, Holy Spirit must not have moved. No, obedience. Obedience. Obedience speaks volumes. And Obadiah said, I got your point. I'm in. And Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come. And Ahab went out to meet Elijah. We'll pick up the rest next week. But here's what I want to spend the rest of our time on this morning. We've got choices to make. And we have to decide what step God is calling us to. And I want you to understand very clear this morning. As I said, this is the ground floor of what's going on. We're not even open for business yet. You've stepped in the door into something that God is stirring in and doing something new in this community. And I can guarantee you this. God may not want you here to be a part of this, but if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he wants you somewhere doing something. And you don't have to commit to here, but what, I guarantee, but what I challenge you to do is just walk in obedience. Whatever that is that God has you doing, go and do it. Stop wasting time. Go and be a part of what God's doing. But if you feel like God's calling you here, consider that. Pray through it. And, and, and prayer, does, let, let me tell you something. We have this whole thing of, oh, I've just been seeking the world. What does God want me to do? Something. Something. All right? God wants you to do something. And if you're sitting, you know, people that, well, you know, it's been like seven years, and God just not quite confirmed for me yet. I'm still praying. Still praying, Pastor. One day, I'm going to step up, and I'm going to be a great leader. When God calls me, God has called you, all right? God's called everyone in this room. It's called the Great Commission. You have been called. Now all you got to do is find a place, plug in, and go for it. So I challenge you, consider is this where God has me at Church United? And then just commit. Commit. Because God wants to do something through this. And I am so excited about what he's already doing. And I'm so excited about what he's going to do. As we commit to his work. Reaching the valley and beyond planting churches. And we're not doing this alone. We're partnered with Village Church over in Churchville. We're actually going through this series with Village Church right now. They're going through a stretch mark series with us. 
and we're having fun. Pastor Robert and I meet and talk in this way and that way, and our messages don't at all sometimes look the same because they connect to the local body where they're at, and, and he con- conveys that. We're partnered with our mother church, Calvary Baptist Church. We're partnered with our sister church, Crosslink Community Church up in Harrisonburg. We have a partnership of churches. And I'll, I take the chance because I think I'm on live stream, but I want to partner with Jamie McClanahan, my good buddy from high school. He's just over across the way there in, in Waynesboro. He's at Wayne Hills. Great Bible-believing churches in this area, and there are more. And we want to partner together to take the gospel to this valley and to the world. And God's calling you to be a part of that. So Commit. Say, how do I do that here? Pastor Rob, if I'm just, I'm just getting started, I want to know what's going on. Your next step is going to be growth track. And this may sound like an infomercial here for the rest of the service, and it is. But I need you to know what we're doing and where you can go and where you can get plugged in. So growth track starts next week in your, uh, in your bulletin. You have a little card, and it has this little fill-out thing. You can just fill out some information and check the box that says growth track. You can do that right now. If you don't have a pen, raise your hand and Jesse will find one for you. You're welcome, Jesse. Uh, but if you need a pen, you can go back to the booth afterwards. We've got pens out there. Fill that out. Mark Growth Track. What is Growth Track? Growth Track is like fast track. All right? You want to know how to get involved, how to be a part of this wonderful family that God has united together here? Come to Growth Track. What's that look like? How can I step up? How can I get involved? Well, before you get involved, you got to know what we believe. So I want you to know what we believe. So that's what we talk about in Growth Track. How can you get involved? What can you do? Where can you get connected? We'll walk you through that in Growth Track. Before you, you come in here and you can say to me Sunday morning, Pastor Rob, I want to teach a class. And I'm going to say, go to Growth Track because I would like to know what you're teaching before you teach the class okay so we want to know we're talking about the same Jesus we're pointing people to the same Bible we want to walk through that that's growth track we want to get you involved we want to get you plugged in it's like the fast track and you say hey it's meeting at the same time as brother Clint's class firm foundations I know and I'm sorry but you can come to this one and then get plugged into firm foundations again you can continually do that and growth track will continually come around as needed to get people plugged in to the ministry so 8:45 next Sunday morning somewhere in the building because I don't know how many people have signed up for it yet we will meet and we will have growth track you should be involved in that you should get connected if you say I wasn't part of if you came up through church downtown and you were part of this transition the whole way through the fall and you've never walked through our growth track class at church downtown, I encourage you, this is for you. Sign up for this. Be a part of it. So growth track is here. Then, listen to this. What do you Connect and serve. So the next piece is get connected. Serve. This is what I'm talking about. This is what this whole message was of, of Obadiah. Like, you can't count on your past faithfulness in order to carry you into the future. You're going to miss God's blessing today because you're trying to live on yesterday's faith. And you can't do that. 
You need to step up and say, what's new? What's God calling me to do? Where is God calling me to serve? So you get connected and you begin serving. And we have so many areas that we need your help in, in, in reaching people. We need you right now to say, I'm really ready. I'm willing, Pastor Rob. I'm ready. Get, get me through that growth track and I'm excited. Let's reach this valley for Jesus Christ. Those are the people we're looking for right now. I don't care what your gift or your talent is. You have something. I guarantee God gave you some gift because it's his promise. What is that gift? Let's help you figure that out and discover that. We have first impressions ministry. If you say, hey, I came in and I couldn't find a chair. I know. Sign up for the team that helps people find chairs. Say, oh, I didn't get a bulletin when I came in. Well, sign up for the team that someone would hand you a bulletin, all right? Be that person. If you came in the check-in and said the check-in was a mess for my kids, then help with check-in. Stop whining. Say, my kids ran around and they, they got all they ate was sugar the whole time and they're hyped. Then sign up for children's ministry, all right? We need help because we, I, I know what's going to happen because we've been through this before. When we start advertising, when we begin to push and tell people this is open, this is open to the public, we haven't advertised this yet. When April comes, we want the teams ready to serve ready to hit the ground running. We've got children's ministry that need all kinds of help. We have a new youth ministry that's getting off the ground. And I'm excited this morning. We've had some transitions that, and I'll just share really quickly. Um, this, this morning we met the first time uh, with our uh, children's ministry team to announce our Caitlin James, who you saw standing up over here. She was the uh, ugly beard guy and then cute girl. Um, Caitlin was the cute girl on this side. Um, no offense, Zach, or Jesse. I guess that could have been both ugly bearded guys, you know, either one. Um, but Kate, Caitlin, uh, she's done a tremendous job being the director of our children's ministry for the last couple years. And we, we are so grateful and thankful for Caitlin, but she's in a season of transition in her life right now. So she said, I just don't think this is going to be the place for me to serve right now. So we're looking even right now for a children's director, my lovely wife, Kelly. So there she is. She's in the back. Wave your hand up there, babe. There she is. My lovely wife, Kelly, is stepping in to, uh, to be the interim director in that role as we transfer through. And Kelly was what we had as an interim over our family life ministry. But we had another guy this week that God just laid on his heart after last week's message. And he said, and he's been part of the church for uh, a while here, for about a year or more. And he said, I feel like God's calling me into that position. So Jonathan Reichert's taking on the, the banner of carrying right now our youth, getting the student ministry off the ground which is so exciting. So we talked about the last couple of weeks, we don't have anything for high school yet. We're immediately jumping right in to trying to get high school ministry off the ground and get it rolling so that we have something. When people open the doors and high schoolers come in here, we want to be able to connect with them as well as we are with the middle schoolers. So we're getting that off the ground. The, the wheels are in motion. God's raising up leaders. Is God raising up you? Is God raising up you to be a part of this? Connect. Find a place to serve in the church. And then here's this one. Pray and give. You may have wondered what this is. This is exciting. I'm going to show you what's going on. Now first, before I do, I don't know if you realize this, but we got a larger space than we had before. It takes a little bit more to operate. So as we talk about giving, sometimes we want to sit back on the sideline and, and say, well, I'm not plugged in yet. I'm not going to die. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm telling you, 
we took a big step of faith moving from our facility downtown and moving to this because we knew God wanted us to do something. And as our church took a big step of faith together for this space, it does cost more money to be here. The heating and air and all the stuff that goes along with this and lights and all those things. Our budget looks a little bigger this year because it takes more to run this ministry. But our hope is that as we take that step of faith, God blesses us for our faith by bringing new people in to begin buying into and catching on to this vision to say we want our monies to go to something that's reaching people for the kingdom of God and that's what I can guarantee you about our church is our heart is to reach people for the kingdom of God and we want to do that and if you want to be a part consider pray say God how are you going to have me give regular tithes and offerings how are we going to do that and then we also have this thing in front of us that we need to get into space we need to get this space ready for April our grand opening. So we got a few things that we need, so we decided we're going to come up with a fun way to put it in front of you. We need you to begin giving. So uh, for, for our building project, here you are. You ready? Here it comes. Oh, boom. Look at that, thermometer and everything. I remember growing up, and we were in a building fund, and we had this big poster board, and it was drawn with a thermometer, and every Sunday, my dad would go over, and he would take a marker, and he would etch in. You gave an extra $100 this week, and we were raising, I don't know how much money, they're, they're building a whole new building, so he would fill that in as the money came in, and I thought, that's fun. It's a visual just to remind us of what God's doing. So here's, here's what you see. We've got some markers on here, and I want you to understand what we're raising money for. So um, what do, we have a couple things. What's the first thing up there is children's ministry. Our children's area, we need to get that finished out back there. We need about $4,500 to get that section done. So as we raise the money and as we hit these markers, we will make the purchases that we need for those areas of ministry. And I want to tell you, of that $4,500, about $1,500 of it is carpet, and someone already stepped up and donated. So the bottom of this is already filled in. So we're already right here. Look at this. Oh, it's going to fall apart. Hey, Brad's back here. It's like the man behind the curtain. Okay, you ready? Just hang on to it, Brad. Look at this. $1,500! Yeah! All right! We're already there. So $1,500. So you're going to say, I, I get to play with that every week, and we'll, we'll get it so it stays on there next week. Um, or we'll just have Brad back there the whole service. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're so excited because someone already stepped up and said, there's a need. I want to give to the need. So the other things that we, we've got some AV equipment and some other things that we want to get back there. We need to finish the space out, decor, make it a warm, welcome, safe place for our kids. The next thing that we're raising money for is, is we're, gonna, we're trying to get some signage. We can't expect people to know we're in here if we don't advertise that we've got the space. So we need to get that. We need you to know where you're going in the building. So that's about $3,000 to get a big old sign on the outside of the building. Uh, the next one is AV equipment. For the auditorium, we need to finish some things out. We can't, sometimes it's just bouncy sound and all this other stuff, and you see the sound booth's not finished, the front of the stage is falling. We need, we need your help to get some of this stuff done. Next thing is promotional materials. If we want to advertise, if we want to get the word out, we've got to have something to get the word out with. So we want you to be a part of giving in that area. Security and safety needs. Some things with door locks in the building, um, even a little defibrillator in the back so that if uh, broken goes down some Sunday, we can help them out. Um, AV equipment uh, in the classroom. So all around here, we got all these spaces, but we have to have teaching materials and teaching tools in order to be able to use them. And then lastly, this is the big mama. You say, I'm sitting in a chair. Half of these chairs are borrowed. 
Um, so we actually more than half of them are borrowed. All the metal chairs are borrowed. All the green section is borrowed. The only ones we own are actually the ones on the side section. And those are enough to fill our classrooms, okay? And we could take those chairs and we can transfer them and put them into the classrooms. And we would like to be able to get chairs on the floor that work. And that's about $9,000 for those chairs. So what we're doing is we're beginning to Build that fund. We're beginning to see, and I want you to see where this is going so that if you have something in particular and you're like, Pastor Rob, I want to give toward this. But as the money comes in, it allows us to slowly complete each of these projects and hopefully be praying with us. How's God calling you to give? How's God calling you to step up? So if you give, you can make a check out to Church United. You can memo it, building fund. You can go online to our website, uh, churchunited.family, and go to the giving page, and you can do a drop down there that's building fund. Any monies that come Come in, we're hitting these off one by one. So all of it's building fund. If you're like, man, I really wanted in on that carpet, <sighs> too bad. Give the money anyway. The money for the carpet's given. You, we can use your money for the next thing on the list. So as the money comes in, we're going to keep checking off that list. Does that make sense? We're so excited, church. God's given us goals. God's given us desires. God's given us passion to reach people for his name's sake. And the last promo I'm going to give this morning, and I'll let you go. Well, a couple more things, but not from me. But the last promo I want to give is this Saturday. We've canceled work days for a few weeks, but this Saturday we're in here. We're going to be working 8 a.m. to noon. We have so many little projects and things that need to be done around the building. A lot. We're trying to focus on that kids area to get the paint. We have the paint and stuff to get it done. Then once we get the paint, we, can, we think we can get the carpet ordered to get that put down. So we have one project at a time we're trying to knock out. But there are all kinds of little projects throughout the building that need to be completed. A lot of organizing behind this wall. If you've ever wondered what's back there, don't look yet. Um, <laughs> wait, wait till Saturday, and then we can help us get it organized and get some things cleaned up in here. But we're excited. God is doing some great things. And God's calling, I believe, just remember this. Remember this. Hang on to this idea. You may be missing today's blessing because you're trying to live on yesterday's faith. I would hate you to walk through life looking at what you did for God at one point in time and trying to live in that. It's, it's like one of those uh, parents that's trying to vicariously live through his child on the football field. It's awful to watch. He wants to live on his past achievements rather than living in the present. Live in the present. Live today. Know that God's calling you to something new. And he wants you to be a part of it. So how can you get involved? First step for you, I'm telling you, sign up for Growth Track today. Sign up to be a part of Growth Track. Walk through that with us. And let's start talking about how we can get you plugged in. Let me pray for us. And then I'm going to introduce Carissa. And she's going to come with Everett. And they're going to talk a little bit about another area of ministry that you can get plugged into and you can get involved in. So let me pray for us real quick. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Help us to just, man, help this, this idea, Lord, that we are useful for you today. It's not about what we did yesterday, God, but it's about how you can use what we did yesterday to help us build on how we're going to stretch further to reach more people with your gospel. Lord, so I thank you for what you're doing. I praise you for how you're working, for how you're moving, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us. God, help us as we step out in faith. Lord, and it's not just about the finances. It's not just about the serving, Lord, but it's about our hearts. Connected with your heart to reach this valley with the gospel of Jesus Christ 
to plant more churches, to send more people out on mission to tell people about you. I pray that you'd be honored and you'd be pleased, God, with our hearts of love, with our hearts of worship to you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for how you're working and moving. And we commit this into your hands. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.